Great to have the opportunity to speak and a real pleasure along with Kelvin to baptise Sam. It's been great to be journeying with Sam over the last few years and celebrate publicly uh, his faith in Jesus today. If you're not a regular at this church or maybe in the evening service, um, we're in the middle of a series called Hashtag Asking for a Friend. And the idea is that uh, we all have questions. Uh, maybe we might sometimes pretend they're other people's, uh, maybe they are other people's, but questions about the Christian faith that will be helpful to look at. And so we invited people from the church to uh, send in some questions, and week by week, we're looking at some of the questions. And today's questions are about holiness. What does it mean to live a holy life? And how can we be more holy, both individually and collectively? Another way of talking about a holy life or holiness is Christ-likeness. This is a key and practical question for all disciples, all people that take seriously the invitation to follow Jesus. Actually, we don't call it holiness, but really it's in our church aim. Our church aim says we want to help people to commit to and become more like Jesus. You could say become more like Jesus in brackets, holiness. That's really what it is. And it's a call for everyone. Spurgeon said the call to be holy is for both cobblers and ministers alike, i.e. for everyone. And we find the call, the challenge to holy life, bang smack in the middle of ordinary life. This question is just as relevant (laughs) tomorrow morning, Wednesday afternoon, Friday night, as it is now. How do we live holy lives? How do we be more like Jesus? When we're talking about a holy life. We're not talking about withdrawing from culture and all going living in a monastery, but we're talking about how do we become more like Jesus where we find ourselves. And actually, it's a really fitting question when we're thinking about baptism, because it's a question for someone that is a freshly committing to Jesus, who maybe has become a Christian recently. Jesus said in Matthew 28, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded them. Teach them to become more like me. And so it's a question that's really helpful for Sam, hopefully. But many of us maybe were baptized years ago. And it's a question that's still really helpful for us. How do we become more like Jesus? How do we carry on in the journey of holiness. Maybe you're a guest here kind of looking in on the Christian faith. Hopefully you find it helpful to understand more about how we're people that not just think we know everything and understand everything and are perfect already, but we recognize we're on a journey to becoming more like Jesus. Some words from Psalm 24 verses 3 to 5. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their saviour. This is actually um, the third time in the space of just over a year uh, I've had the opportunity or been given the challenge, whichever way you want to look at it, of talking about holiness. Uh, Once when we were doing the One Peter series in our evening services, uh, and once in a youth context as well. And um, in many ways, I think, well, I'm not really qualified to talk about holiness. 
If you were to know everything that goes on in my thought life and everything that happens uh, that not everyone sees, then in many ways, maybe like, like many of you, you might think, who am I to talk about holiness? Or like the psalmist, who am I to come in to stand in the presence of a holy God? Who, who am I? Am I really qualified? But actually, I want to suggest that I am qualified. My T-shirt wears my message today, okay? And I hope you can see this is true for you. Because in a sense, I can humbly say that I am holy. And I can celebrate with Sam, having celebrated the symbolise of being clean and of having new life, that Sam is holy. Because when we put our trust in Jesus, our identity changes from being those who are impure and unforgiven in God's sight to those who are holy in God's sight. The psalm talked about the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Well, who is that? It's those that have received forgiveness from Jesus that are no longer trusting in our own ways of living or idols, but trusting in the saviour that verse five talks about. Our One Peter series highlighted some of these uh, kind of holy names that were given. And in chapter two, verse nine, it talked about a holy nation, talking in the present tense, calling God's people holy. So in a sense, we can say, I am holy. Turn to someone nearby you and say, I am holy. Oh, there wasn't much conviction in that. Can we try that again? Turn to someone near you and say, I am holy. <laughs> okay, I can, but, but as I said, um, maybe, I, maybe I struggled to think that I was the right person to talk on this subject, because in a very real sense, I can say I am becoming, or I am still becoming, or I am starting to become. Was my hand even over that? Is it on? It was on there. Okay, good. Um, for the benefit of those listening uh, on Catch Up, our podcast, our sermon download, um, I have a t-shirt that says, I am and I am becoming. Okay. I am becoming more like Jesus. And that's really where we're going to focus this talk on. How are we becoming more like Jesus? How do we do that practically? Again, in 1 Peter, the first chapter this time, it says, be holy because I am holy. There's a call to holiness that is for each and every one of us. And finally, there will be a day when we meet the Lord face to face for those that have put our trust in Jesus, when we will become like him and we will be able to say, I will be holy. I am holy. I am becoming holy. I will be holy. I want to spend some time um, thinking about maybe perhaps a misunderstanding about holiness before highlighting some suggestions, some hopefully challenging, inspiring, reminding tips of how we continue the journey to holiness, to becoming more like Jesus. Holiness, God's work alone. I'm going to suggest that holiness is not God's work alone. I wonder if you think I'm being heretical there, but I want to suggest that holiness is not God's work alone. We could say, well, surely it's God's work. When we prayed for Sam, we prayed that the Holy Spirit would fill him and help him to live for Jesus. We all need God's help. Yes, it's God's work. We talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's work in us that makes us be able to be more full of love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control and any other ones I missed in there. It's, it's, it's God's work. Yes, I agree with you. 
But the Bible also talks about us being co-workers with Christ, about working out our salvation. Or as Hebrews puts it, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Make every effort to be holy. I'm not taken away from it being God's work. It is God's work in us. He is the one who's making us become more and more like his son, Jesus. We need his help. We're fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. But it also requires our effort, our part. We work with God in this. And so uh, maybe there's an imbalance in some of our thinking about holiness. Maybe, maybe the thing for us is we're trying to do it all on our own and we're forgetting that we need the help of the Holy Spirit, the one who helps us to become more like Jesus. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe we're just waiting for God to change us, to become more like his son, Jesus. I want to suggest that it is God's work becoming more like Jesus, but it also requires our cooperation, our effort as well. I wonder which one resonates with you, which one you needed the rebalance on, or maybe you already were fully there holiness, God's work and our effort. Well, thanks very much, Andy, but this was a practical question. What are some of the practical ways that can help us on our journey to holiness? Here's some ideas from me then. How do we become more holy? We give our lives to Jesus. It was great to hear a bit of Sam's story, maybe a particular moment that was special to him when he sensed God's presence and wanted to commit to Jesus. Some of you will have a moment like that. Others of you will be in more of a journey. But I want to suggest that giving our life to Jesus isn't just a one-off thing. It's a regular occurrence, a regular habit, a kind of a posture, an attitude that helps us on a journey to holiness. When you read a little bit about holiness, you can read about consecration, this idea of fully committing our life to God. And I would say, as a 14-year-old, having already put my trust in Jesus as my saviour, there was kind of a moment of consecration, a moment when it was presented to me that to be a, a genuine follower of Jesus was giving him our all. And so I remember losing myself in worship at Stonely Bible Week and really going for it. And for me, that was a moment of consecration. But it also needs to be a regular attitude of mine to again say, Lord, here I am. I want to become more like your son. And I give my life to you again. I need your help to do this. And I'm saying I'm up for playing my part as well. So very simply, if we as individuals, if we as a community hear the call to become more like Jesus, we need to freshly consecrate ourselves. Say we commit our lives to you again, Jesus, for this week, for this day. Secondly, um, I kind of got a bit of a dare you. Some people rise to a dare you, others don't. But um, this prayer was really formational for me. It's from Psalm 139, uh, verses 23 to 24. And it says this, it's right at the end. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When I was um, 18, um, I got into the habit, the pattern of praying this prayer for probably uh, maybe between a month and six weeks, somewhere around that time period. But I prayed it every day and I was journaling at the time. And um, every day I just say, God, come and show me what, what is it that in me that isn't pleasing before you? What is it I need a bit of correction on? 
How do I become more like Jesus? What is it in my thinking, in the way I've acted today? What, what is it? And um, there wasn't a day that went by when the Lord showed me something, when something came to mind. And it was so helpful in recognizing my need that actually I, I had a long way to go and I needed God's help. And there were practical things that were my part as well as needing God's help. The kind of, remember, it's God's work and our effort. And it was so helpful to me. And sometimes I'll return to that pattern. I'll go back to those verses and think, I'm just going to spend a few days looking at these verses and praying them again and saying, God, come and show me. What is it? Really, this is another way of talking about kind of being a repentant people. That word to, you go in one way and to turn back around and go God's way. But if we want to be a holy people, we need to be a repentant people, a people that are regularly saying, God, what is it? What, what ways, what, what ways of thinking, what am I doing or not doing that I need to kind of turn back to you? And so here's my dare you. If you want to take serious the challenge to be a holy individual, be part of a holy community, then I dare you to pray this. Maybe take a week and think each, each day this week, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray this prayer and I'm going to leave a bit of time for God to reveal to me what is it he wants to show to kind of bring me back on track. That's the second thing. The third thing, seek to become holy people together. One of those verses in Peter I read out, uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, talked about a holy nation. He didn't talk about a holy person. It was a collective, a holy nation. And actually, the, one of the questions that we had at the start was about how we as individuals and collectively, or as a church community, grow in holiness. And that question is really helpful because just as Ellen was praying that we kind of, our faith helps those around us as well, so actually our pursuit of holiness is a collective one that we're desiring to become more like Jesus together. That's why it's really helpful to worship together, to support each other together, to challenge each other. We recently uh, finished a series entitled Frontline Sundays where we're thinking about different aspects of how we live on our front line, that place where we spend most of our week, uh, potentially um, in contact with those that don't already believe and know Jesus. And actually, it was really helpful when we're thinking about holiness. But it was helpful to think about it together, to be inspired together. We want to walk all of our lives as disciples on a journey towards holiness, and we need to do it together. There is a saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far go together. And if we want to grow together to be more like Jesus, we do need each other. And so as I look around the room, I can think of different people who help me to become more like Jesus. I can see my friend Lionel and think, oh, that was really inspiring when you told me about the story with the lorry driver and somehow you had to wait for a while and so you opened up a conversation about Jesus and explained your faith. I can think of my friend Rachel and hear of her stories of sharing faith through a conversation group in her work. I can be helped by Ellen drawing back my attention to God. I can be helped by Ken in learning to understand the Bible more. I can be helped by the sick form group I have the privilege of leading in how they live out their faith in certain ways. I can be helped by the secret prayers among us who wouldn't like to be named, but actually help me know what it is to be committed to God. And this kind of idea of holiness, it's a collective call. It's a collective challenge. 
John Wesley was convinced of this. And in the 18th century, um, the evangelist who led many people to Jesus encouraged people, kind of made up groups, which is where we get the name Methodism. His method was to form little groups of people who would commit each other to holy living, who would ask tough tough questions, who would probably use prayers like the end of Psalm 139 and then ask each other, what were you thinking? What were you saying? I'm going to ask you about that next week then. Let's go for this together. They were a group of people who were committed to becoming more like Jesus, committed to living a holy life, not withdrawing from culture, but living a Christ-like life in the middle of the culture that they found himself. And we need each other. If we want to become more holy, if we're committed to doing our best to live out our church aim, to commit to become more like Jesus, we need each other. And so I wonder, do you feel like you're in a place where you have others around you? They're going to help you. Do you let your guard down? Are there people you're honest with? Are you in a place regularly enough that's going to help you to do that? Seek to become holy together. Develop or redevelop holy habits. Develop or redevelop holy habits. I put some notes. I've put a picture up in from this book from Richard uh, Forster. It's a really helpful book um, if you want to think about some of the holy habits. By that, some of the examples of this are, um, are worship and generosity and hospitality, and maybe some of the more private things like our own prayer life or fasting or reading the Bible or simplicity or solitude. But this book is really helpful in helping us think, how do, how do I take on my own responsibility to become more like Jesus with some really practical ideas of how we do that? And I've put develop holy habits, because for some of us, we're near the start of the journey, or maybe we've never got going with some of these habits that I'm talking about. But they're really helpful for us in growing to become more like Jesus. And I've put redevelop holy habits, because actually, for some of us, um, we just let slip some habits sometimes. Or maybe kind of our own spiritual life has gone a bit dry, and we just need to rethink, how, what am I doing that's going to help me become more like Jesus? I wonder what your response is to that. Maybe you need some help in helping develop some holy habits. Ask others around you, what do they do that helps keep them sharp? What are they doing that's, that's feeding them, that's encouraging them? Not all these holy habits are private. Many of them are corporate and collective. Are you in places that are going to help you in your pursuit of Jesus and becoming more like him? <laughs> Ask the practical question. How am I called to live distinctly on my front line? This question of holiness isn't all about what we do in our church building or what we do in private at home. It's about how we live our lives on our front line. So what does that look like for you on your front line? What does distinctive Christ-like living look? What attitudes does it mean you need to hold on to? How does it mean that you pray? How does it mean you live differently to those around you? When I was at university, um, I arrived, and the uh, first week or two was um, colourful. And um, I soon met loads of people drinking very, very heavily. And I realised for a lot of people, it was kind of where they got their confidence, um, where they got their security. And for many of them, it was close to an idol, really. And so um, I decided um, for that bit at uni, at least for the first bit, um, that I wasn't going to drink because I wanted to um, live in a distinct way. But that didn't mean that I never went out and engaged with people. 
because to live a holy life isn't just not to kind of join in with what isn't pure and to separate yourself, but actually we find Jesus in amongst people in all sorts of colorful situations, didn't we? So I intentionally tried to make an effort to, yeah, I wasn't drinking, but actually to be with people and to be a listening ear and to have opportunities to tell people about Jesus. It's amazing what conversations you can have late at night when people maybe aren't um, quite as balanced as they might normally be. And that was one situation where I tried to work out how do I live in a Christ-like way here. I'm in a very different situation. Um, I don't get to go out on the town very much these days. Slash, I can't remember the last time I have been. <laughs> but I have to ask the question now for me, um, how do I live distinctly um, as a parent? Okay? How do I live distinctly as a parent? How do I intentionally try and help my children to know Jesus? How do I live distinctly in the playground? I work for the church, okay? So most, a lot of my time is spent in and around Christians. I really enjoy that. But how when I'm in the playground or a birthday party or on a run or all sorts of other places I find myself, how do I live distinctly? Not withdrawing from culture, but trying to be like Jesus where I am. And the question of holiness is a practical one of what does it look like on our front line? And I want to encourage you to prayerfully ask that afresh. When we think about holiness and these questions, what does it mean to live a holy life? Well, we're not talking about a life of just withdrawal, okay? We're talking a life of where we find ourselves on our front lines. How do we become more like Jesus? Well, firstly, let me encourage you, if you're feeling maybe like the psalmist was, how, how can I come before God with dirty hands and an impure heart? How, how can I come before God? Let me encourage you that forgiveness is available through Jesus. And when we receive forgiveness, we can say with confidence, because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we've done, I'm holy. In God's sight, I am holy. It's part of our identity. It's God that gives us that name, not us. Secondly, we recognize that we're on the journey of becoming holy. And as part of that, we recognize that it's God's work. We're fully dependent on the Holy Spirit, but also that we have a responsibility. That it's our effort as well. And we know that one day we will be holy when we stand in God's presence because we'll be transformed to be like him. How do we do that? Well, a few suggestions from me. Let us commit our lives again to Jesus. Let us pray a prayer that invites God to come and show us. Let's recognize that we need each other. Let's think about the habits we're in. And let's ask the practical questions of what does that look like? And I won't have the answer for many of you because I'm on a different front line to you but there'll be other people in the room that might be in a similar situation and it's helpful to talk that through as well. I want to close with some words from Romans 12. I want you to hear them as a fresh invitation that we can respond to. Perhaps the band want to come and join us. We'll have some worship again after. So I'm going to read it in two versions. The first few verses from Romans chapter 12. This is what it says. So, brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy... I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. Do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within a new way of thinking. Then you'll be able to decide what God wants for you. You will know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. 
I read a commentary that said the problem with living sacrifices is um, they can crawl off the altar. The idea that we give ourselves to God, but actually, whether we're in, we know about it or not, but we can crawl off the altar. We need to recommit ourselves again. And so here's these words one more time, but from the message version of the Bible. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So as a church community, may we rely on God to fully do his work by his spirit in making us more like his son, but may we be up for doing our part as well as we pursue becoming more like Jesus together. Amen.